0: Hello and welcome to 2021's first Fellows Choice podcast, reviewing the highlights of the January issue of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. I'm Navia
1: Nair. And I'm Sadie Jones. This month, we will discuss a review article on urinary diversion after exenteration, the new ESGO-ESTRO ESP guidelines in endometrial cancer, reduced lymphedema after sentinel lymph node biopsy, ultrasound features of ovarian cancer, and more. In this month's lead article, Carlos
0: Martinez Gomez et al. from the Institut Universitaire du Concert de Toulouse present a review article on urinary diversion after pelvic exoneration for gynecologic malignancies. Pelvic exoneration combines multiple organ resections and functional reconstruction. Many techniques have been described for urinary reconstruction, although only a few are routinely used. The aim of this review is to focus beyond the technical aspects and the advantages and disadvantages of each technique, and to include a critical analysis of the continent techniques in the gynecologic and urologic literature.
1: Nicole Kontzin from Innsbruck Medical University in Austria present the ESGO-ESDRO-ESP guidelines for the management of patients with endometrial carcinoma. This guideline is a comprehensive update to the 2014 guideline. It addresses developments in molecular markers and means of incorporating them into routine practice, sentinel lymph node dissection and adjuvant therapy options. It's an excellent tool for all those involved in the care of women with gynaecological malignancy across the world. Nicole Fleming
0: and colleagues from MD Anderson Cancer Center, Houston, Texas, present an article titled, Correlation of Surgeon Radiology Assessment with Laparoscopic Disease Site Scoring in Patients with Advanced Ovarian Cancer. This retrospective study aimed to find a correlation between surgeon radiology assessment and laparoscopic scoring by disease sites in patients with newly diagnosed advanced stage ovarian cancer. 14 gynecologic oncologists performed a blinded review of preoperative contrast enhanced CT imaging from 20 patients with advanced stage ovarian cancer and provided expected predictive index value scores. Each patient had undergone laparoscopic scoring assessment using the validated Fogarty scoring method and was assigned a predictive index value score the kappa interrater agreement was negative 0.017, indicating low interrater agreement between radiology review and actual laparoscopic score. When using a clinical cutoff point for the predictive index value of eight, the probability of agreement between radiology and actual laparoscopic score was 0.56. The number of laparoscopic scoring cases, tumor reductive surgery cases, or faculty rank was not significantly associated with overall or subscale agreement. The authors concluded that surgeon radiology review did not correlate highly with actual laparoscopic scoring assessment findings in patients with advanced stage ovarian cancer, highlighting the limited accuracy of surgeon radiographic assessment to
1: determine resectability. Ketrel Hayward et al. from the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, published an article titled Lymphadenectomy for Early Stage Mucinous Ovarian Carcinoma. The objective of this retrospective study was to investigate the prevalence of regional node metastases among patients with stage 1a and 1c mucinous ovarian carcinoma. 4379 patients from the National Cancer Database who underwent surgery between 2004 and 2015 were included. The primary outcome was the effect of tumor stage, grade and size on the risk of lymph node metastases. Lymphadenectomy was performed in 70.1% of patients node metastases were identified in 1.2% and 1.6% of patients with stage 1a and 1c disease respectively. Additionally, metastases were present in 0.6% of patients with grade 1 tumours, 1.1% of patients with grade 2 tumours and 5.3% of patients with grade 3 tumours. Lastly, 0.9% of patients with tumours less than 10 cm in size and 1.4% of patients with tumours greater than 10 cm in size had node metastases. Authors concluded that node metastases were relatively rare in patients with mucinous ovarian carcinoma, but that metastases were significantly more common in patients with higher grade tumours. These factors may be considered when making decisions regarding the need for lymphadenectomy in early-stage mucinous ovarian tumors.
0: The next article by R. Tyler
1: Hillman et al. evaluated longitudinal
0: patient-reported outcomes and restrictive opioid prescribing after minimally invasive gynecologic surgery. This study included 389 women undergoing minimally invasive gynecologic surgery at MD Anderson Cancer Center before and after implementation of a restrictive opioid prescribing quality improvement initiative in July 2018. The majority of women were white non-smokers with a median age of 55 years. 64% underwent hysterectomy, 74% had surgery for malignancy, and 65% were discharged from the hospital on the day of surgery. Women in the restrictive opioid prescribing group had a median reduction in morphine equivalent dose prescribed at discharge of 83%, which corresponded to a median reduction in 25 tablets of 5 mg of oxycodone per person. There was no difference between opioid prescribing groups in either the rate of refill requests or hospital readmission up to 30 days after discharge. After adjustment for covariates, there was no statistically significant difference in post-discharge symptom burden, including patient-reported pain, sleep, walking interference, activity interference or affective interference. The authors conclude that restrictive postoperative opioid prescribing was not associated with differences in longitudinal symptom burden among women undergoing minimally invasive gynecologic surgery. These results provide the most comprehensive picture to date of postoperative symptom recovery under different opioid prescribing approaches, lending additional support for existing recommendations to reduce opioid prescribing following gynecologic surgery.
1: Melissa Gellan Inkey and colleagues studied the role of predictive markers for severe post-operative complications in gynaecological cancer surgery, a prospective study called the RISC-GIN trial. This study explored and defined the predictives of severe post-operative complications in patients undergoing surgery for gynaecological cancer. Patients undergoing surgery for gynaecological cancers were analyzed prospectively from October 2015 through to January 2017. Authors assessed preoperative comorbidities, performance status, quality of life, nutritional and body composition by bioelectrical impedance analysis and the surgical data of each patient. Surgical complications were graded using the clavien Dindo criteria. Using stepwise logistic regression models, predictive markers were identified for postoperative complications of the 226 enrolled patients 40 17.7% experienced a grade 3b or greater complication according to the Clavien-Dindo criteria In the regression analysis obesity and impaired physical functioning defined by quality of life questionnaire emerged as significant predictors of postoperative complications Moreover, postoperative complications were predicted by phase angle of bioelectrical impedance analysis less than 4.75 degrees and Eastern Cooperative Oncology Group (ECOG) performance status greater than 1. Intraoperative factors associated with higher risk of postoperative complications were increased use of norepinephrine and performance of large bowel resection. Alexandra Burkow
0: et al. from Massachusetts General Hospital described palliative care referral patterns and measures of aggressive care at the end of life in patients with cervical cancer. This was a retrospective review of 153 patients with cervical cancer at two tertiary care centers. 47% received a palliative care referral, the majority of which were during an inpatient admission. Median time from palliative care consultation to death was 2.3 months. Palliative care referral was significantly associated with fewer emergency department visits, fewer inpatient stays, and fewer ICU admissions. Referral to palliative care did not affect chemotherapy or radiation therapy administration within 14 days of death. Women who were evaluated by palliative care providers were significantly less likely to die in the acute care setting. The authors summarized that palliative care utilization was associated with lower incidence of poor
1: quality end-of-life care. Gretchen Glaser et al. from the Mayo Clinic published an article titled Reduced lymphedema after sentinel lymph node biopsy versus lymphadenectomy for endometrial cancer. Patients who underwent minimally invasive surgery at the Mayo Clinic, Minnesota between January 2009 and June 2060 for newly diagnosed endometrial cancer were mailed a validated 13-item lower extremity lymphedema screening questionnaire. 378 patients were included in the analysis, 127, 33.5%, had sentinel lymph node biopsy with or without site-specific lymphadenectomy, and 251, 66.4%, underwent bilateral lymphadenectomy. The prevalence of lower extremity lymphedema was significantly higher in the lymphadenectomy cohort compared with the sentinel lymph node group, 49.4% versus 26%. In a multivariable analysis adjusted for BMI, adjuvant radiation, diabetes, heart failure, and FIGO grade, the adjusted odds ratio for lower extremity lymphedema remains significantly higher for the lymphadenectomy cohort at 2.75. The authors conclude that sentinel lymph node biopsy is associated with a decreased risk of post-treatment lymphedema compared with lymphadenectomy in patients with endometrial cancer undergoing surgical staging.
0: Osnet El-Yashiv and group from University College London present the ICON-9 trial. This International Phase 3 randomized trial, currently open for recruitment, aims to compare the efficacy of maintenance therapy with Olaparib and Siduranib in combination versus Olaparib alone in patients with relapsed platinum-sensitive ovarian cancer following response to platinum-based therapy. These two novel biologic agents have been individually shown to improve ovarian cancer control. Sidurinib through targeting angiogenesis and Elaparib through targeting DNA repair processes. Preclinical data suggests that anti-angiogenic drugs might increase the degree of homologous recombination deficiency and thus increase the effectiveness of PARP inhibitors. Eligible patients include those with a known diagnosis of high-grade serous or endometrioid carcinoma of the ovary, fallopian tube, or peritoneum, progressing more than six months after first-line platinum-based chemotherapy who have responded to second-line platinum-based chemotherapy. Patients will be randomized one-to-one to either oral olaparib and sidirinib or oral olaparib alone. Primary endpoints include progression-free and overall survival. Required sample size is 618 patients and accrual is expected to be completed in 2024.
1: And finally, Francesca Moro et al. from Italy presents an educational video on the ultrasound, macroscopic and histological features of malignant ovarian tumours. This educational video provides a description of the tools available for assessing the risk of malignancy in ovarian masses by the IOTA group. Tools discussed include the IOTA Simple Rules, the IOTA ADNEX model and the ORADS model. The video is concluded with the application of the models to a series of clinical cases and provides an excellent overview of these tools for clinical practice.
0: Thank you for joining us for January's Fellows Choice articles.